last week on Marked for Life. Not to say that Andrew was in the clear by any stretch. This serpent bite, I quickly discovered, was going to be an ordeal. I escorted him out of the snake room and we moved towards the house. Even with so short of a distance, Andrew was already breaking out in hives. No sooner did we get him inside did he start to have trouble breathing. I knew it was no good. I took him to Dad's recliner and sat him down. Mom saw what was happening. She got a bucket of ice and water. Now when your rattlesnake bit, one of two things will happen. You'll either want something hot to put on the bite, or something very cold, depending on who you are. Once, I was diamond rattler bit. They had to heat rags in the microwave to ease my pain. Normally, though, you want a cold press. And that's what Andrew wanted that day. Dad came down from the shower and walked in and saw what was happening. When he made his way to the recliner, Andrew was struggling pretty badly. Are you scared? He asked Andrew. Yes, sir, Andrew answered. Well, then, Dad said, we should probably be at the hospital. Let's go. Dad always said that if a person gets scared when they're snake bitten, it means that a portion of the faith has waned. It's necessary for a person to have complete, unwavering faith when they're snake bitten. They have to know, in faith, that they're going to make it. So we loaded up Andrew and drove super fast to the doctor. When we got there, I noticed Andrew was deteriorating rapidly. He's not doing well at all, I told Dad. It was obvious Andrew was worried he was going to die. Over the next few hours, as he lay on the table in the doctor's office, he got even worse, going in and out of consciousness. The doctor came in to inform us that they were going to send him to a bigger hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee. When we got down to Knoxville, Andrew was very close to death. My dad walked to the hospital hallway, speaking in tongues, praying deeply for Andrew. Andrew told us that he felt the wind of resurgence fluttering in him when Dad prayed that way. He felt the heft of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, he knew that all would be well. He knew he was not going to die. Now, that didn't mean he wasn't going to suffer because he did that was a venomous rattlesnake bite I stayed with Andrew the whole time I argued with the doctors on behalf of his arm all snake handlers know that if the doctor slices open your arm in order to bring the swelling down around the bite your arm will be ruined in that instant this procedure shreds your nerves you'll never be able to do anything with it again A man in our faith had this procedure, and until the day he died, that man couldn't even lift a cup of coffee. But that's what they were planning to do, surgically reduce the swelling in Andrew's arm. As the bite area got larger and larger, I knew it could eventually burst from infection. I knew the stakes. 
But if it did burst, Andrew's entire arm would have to be amputated. But I also knew we were not to that point yet. You're not cutting it, I yelled at them. Do not cut his arm. I had seen people's arms swell far bigger than Andrew's. I was certain the swelling would go down, eventually. As Andrew's wife and I stood over him, and as Andrew went in and out of consciousness, I begged her. Please, I said, please believe me. Don't let them cut into his arm. It will ruin him. He'll never play guitar again. Can you imagine how devastated he'll be? I fought for it tooth and nail. It might take three weeks, I told her. But that swelling will go down. Trust me. In the end, she did trust me. Under no circumstances will you cut his arm to get the swelling down, she told the doctors. As it turned out, we were right. Andrew's arm got better. Now, believe it or not, they treated Andrew very well at the Knoxville Hospital. Of course, they didn't understand the rationale behind Andrew's serpent handling. But few people do. Even still, they never treated him with anything less than genuine friendliness and compassion. That doesn't always happen when us sign followers go to the doctor. Andrew was released from the hospital eventually. He suffered for weeks after. I remember one day at a revival at a church up in Everett's, Kentucky. Andrew got up and started preaching. Suddenly it looked like he got really hot and really sick. He was white as a ghost. He started vomiting. Some of us thought he might die where he stood, looking as bad as he did. But that didn't slow down Andrew at all. Sometimes people scold us about handling snakes, saying, You folks bring it on yourselves. This is a choice you make. While that is correct, that we do make this choice, we make it out of faith. Sometimes, yes, although not often, it does lead to injury. Or even death. But everybody, every day, makes dangerous choices. And you do too. Sometimes a journalist will print an article or a book calling us kooks for the dangerous choices we make. But what about each day when the journalist gets into his or her car to drive down the road? The only thing keeping them from the dangers of oncoming traffic is just a painted yellow line. That's all. This is a choice the journalist makes. We all have choices. And yes, I do know that snake handling is a bit extreme. But also, like I said, we make choices daily. To me, it boils down to what those choices reveal about what you are living for. I used to be really harsh on folks who chose to go to the doctor after a snake bite. However, I eventually had to eat a little crow on this issue. I learned over time that I should keep my mouth shut, because I've been there myself, just like Andrew was. Personally, I don't ever want to go to the doctor again, 
I'm aware they sometimes treat you poorly. Like I said, they treated Andrew wonderfully in Knoxville. But sometimes they treat you really, really bad. They can talk to you in an extremely demeaning way. And there you are, in one of your most vulnerable moments, laying there dying. When Dad let me hold my first snake at 18, well, my second snake, but we'll call the first time a wash. After the day I turned 18 and handled my first snake, people hated to see us coming. If Dad, Andrew, and I were together, it was an absolute snake fest. We had so many close calls. My salvation back in those days seemed to reside in a snake box. My thinking was this. What level of good living do I need to achieve in order to successfully handle a snake? How much can I pray or fast in order to handle maybe two snakes? If I held the biggest snake in the bunch, or the prettiest snake, I would feel compelled to get people saved. And truly, that's really the most important thing. Looking back, I realized that Andrew and I went through some really hard times together. Some of which I'll tell you about in this testimony. But generally, if I was fixated on doing something stupid or plain wrong, like I said, Andrew was always in my corner. With all the bad things I'd get myself into, Andrew always loved me. No matter what. That's what has stuck with me. I couldn't express to him and his wife Taylor in words just how much they meant to me and how much I appreciate them. They have shown me love through all the times when no one else would. Now this time around, I remember Dad got hurt at work one day. He was carrying a box of dynamite at the blasting site and accidentally dropped it. As soon as it fell, he lunged downward and tried to catch it. This pinched a nerve in his shoulder, and that was that. Dad couldn't work any longer. Even though it wasn't something he did very often, Dad went to the doctor. He gave Dad a box of pain pills and said, Jamie, that's it. Don't return to work. He also told Dad that where the nerves were located, it was impossible to do surgery. Dad would just have to suffer the pain from that day forward. He was stuck. I clearly remember seeing all the veins in his arm popping out like earthworms under his flesh. He kept his left arm wrapped in a heating pad. I remember sitting there staring at the veins one day. A really scary looking sight. Dad had to deal with this till the day he died. Now because of it, he didn't get workers' compensation. His medical bills were paid, which was good. Then, when the company he worked for started to go downhill, I remember they sent him a layoff slip that was delivered through the mail. It arrived the day he was supposed to come off his compensation, the day he was cleared to go back to work. He must have drawn unemployment compensation for about two years or so. But also during that time, There was a national TV program who came around asking Dad if they would let him feature his snake handling congregation. This was the pitch 
We will spotlight two main characters, the national TV program told him. We think the two most compelling personalities are you, Jamie, and Andrew Hamlin. I have to say, it was something of a blessing to be honest with you. Dad was out of work, and this was a paying company. It didn't take much for Dad to agree to it. Around that time, Dad had started driving the local school bus. Would you really like doing? He once told me that it was his favorite job ever. It was, of course, less money than he had made as a blaster. But it was obviously the happiest he'd ever been. He just loved seeing those kids every day. He knew all their names. I said, Dad, I don't understand how you love driving that bus so much. With all those screaming kids. But he really, really enjoyed doing it. Like you would not believe. Now, when the national TV program began to air the series about our church, people all around town saw it. When Dad pulled up in the bus, all the children and their parents would scream, That's our bus driver! Dad had become famous worldwide. I remember now those kids suddenly wanted to talk to him about things. Because he was something of a celebrity, it allowed him to explain the Bible even more to people. It was something the rest of us had no platform to do. I remember the day Dad died. As the news of it aired around the globe, in our town, it broke the hearts of the kids and their families. One man even said how his kids saw a clip of Dad dying on TV. Caused him to burst into tears. That was my bus driver, bawled the kid. That was my bus driver. But we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> 